The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two shots and a red flag. Chevrolet Parkside Drive. It's where you can find me. Over 150 vehicles in stock. Lifetime warranty on most new and pre-owned vehicles. It is a beautiful day here in East Tennessee. The sun is rising. It is beautiful. As always, it's always orange for a reason. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Man, we got a lot of stuff to get to. (laughs) I am great. I am great, man. Tennessee basketball showing out. Uh, in Colorado, making us all proud. Um, Tennessee football getting some love on Sunday night football, NBC, Football Time in America. Uh, I saw your your video on Twitter getting numbers, Ben, um, because Rodney Harrison, now honorary VFL, showing love uh, to his son on the broadcast as Christian Harrison committed to Tennessee last week in Tennessee. Uh, got another commitment on the defense side of the football. We have a ton of recruiting news that we need to get to, uh, Ben. So we definitely going to do that um, after our first break here, and, um, and we got to get to it because recruiting is the most important thing to this football program. It's like that every single every single day in the SEC. Recruiting is more important than anything right now. So we want to make sure that we cover uh, recruiting because there's a lot, and I mean there's a lot to get to. Ben, and there's uh, not a better place to get that than VolQuest.com and right here with you, so we're going to do that. Um, ben, congratulations, man, on your Steelers getting that dub. Congratulations, man. That was a great game. Great finish. Um, going forward on two, going forward to uh, to win the game by, by Harbaugh and the Steelers making the play to win. Just a really, really great game. Two teams that hate each other, um, but that's that's what NFL football is all about. We had conference championship weekend, and now the picture is clear of the four teams that will compete in the college football playoff. Ben, agree with those four? Disagree with those four? Or do you rather? Would you rather start with Tennessee basketball going out to Colorado and getting a big time win, first road test of the season, and true freshman? Kennedy Chandler put on an absolute show. Last week's touchdown turnover was 
will Santi be the lead scorer? Or will someone else? Will someone else be the lead scorer? And that was true. That was a touchdown. And um, that was Kennedy Chandler because, boy, that dude was unstoppable. Where do you want to go this morning, Ben? Man, too, too many options. I, I guess we'll start with Tennessee basketball because Tennessee basketball is far more important than any team in the college football playoff, particularly two of the teams in the college football playoff. Just an absolute beautiful performance from Kennedy Chandler Swain. I mean, that that was the Kennedy Chandler game. And 27 points, uh, two points were incorrectly credited to him. Uh, he was credited for, for two free throws when, when somebody else shot the free throws. I, I can't remember whose free throws they were, but uh, Kennedy Chandler finished with 27 points on 13 of 20 shooting, and he was just tremendous. Like I said a second ago, he, it was the Kennedy Chandler game. He's obviously played well this season, but that that was his coming out party, Swain. Uh, first true road test, and he he was built for it. And, and some of the statistics are, are pretty mind-blowing. Uh, Tennessee put these in their game notes following the win. Kennedy Chandler's 13 made field goals were the most by Vol during the Rick Barnes era, uh, and, and that spans from 2015 to now. Think of all the great players who have come and, and played under Rick Barnes. Kennedy Chandler's 13 made field goals were the most by any of those players, which is incredible. And it's only, what, game six, game seven <laughs> for Kennedy. Uh, and then Colorado, their starters were a combined 13 for 40. Blocking them down. Kennedy was 13 for 20. Colorado's starters were 13 for 40. I mean, just ridiculous. So, so Kennedy was awesome. He, he, what I loved most about him, Swain, is that he missed two early threes. And then he started attacking the rim. The The high pick and roll with Folky was working to perfection. Uh, just a, a really impressive outing from him. And then Josiah Jordan-James. He he and Kennedy were the stories of the game for me. Jo, what Josiah did was super impressive. And you have to look past the, the two for three shooting and, and the five points. His his value to this team far exceeds those those scoring numbers. Nine rebounds, an assist, four blocks, two steals, the best plus minus on the team with with plus twenty two, and he really hasn't practiced a ton because of the the torn uh, ligaments in his middle finger on his left hand. He he's just the absolute glue guy, and his leadership is is just so so valuable. So I thought he and and Kennedy were the were the two stories of the game on Saturday. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Colorado's lead scorer uh, leading up to the game was not Colorado's lead scorer against Tennessee. Um, they had to find a new uh, person to 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 lean on uh, because Walker going into this game was their guy. And Jabari Jabari Walker um, averaged, averaged 14 points per game, but he did not hit his average against against Tennessee. He only had 10. Uh, Josiah Jordan James and the Tennessee defense was a big reason. Big reason why. And they had to lean on the guy um, that I don't think was was really prepared to, to be the the guy. Uh, when John Ferguson got the ball in the post, and they were kind of picking on on um, um, Beatty. 
Batty. I think it's Batty. There's uh, picking on Batty. A moose. Yeah. That's what he was. A moose. No, he was a buffalo. He was the mascot. <laughs> that's that's a good point too. He was a buffalo. Yes, yes. Yeah, he he was the mascot. Man, big boy uh, can move trees down there in, in the paint, but um, he's just so big and folky, so fragile. He need any little touch to folky is gonna make it look like he's throwing him out of the club. So uh, he picked up some some fouls back to back to back there and wound up with four, but. I mean, he was he was he was Colorado's leading scorer uh, down in the post, but man, just suffocating defense by Tennessee, um, creating deflections. And that's what it's about, man. Getting your hands, getting your hands in passing lanes, creating deflections. Saw Uros do that. Saw a couple of other guys do that, and that ignited the fast break to the other side. Kenny Chandler is one of the best guards in the country, uh, no doubt about it. Coming out of high school, but just his body control and his ability to finish around the basket, only being six foot taking it to the chest of the defender, that's what made Saturday's game very, very impressive. I mean, he was taking it to the chest of the Buffaloes and finishing around the basket. Didn't matter if it was left hand, right hand. Did not matter if it was a big guy in front of him, a small guy in front of him. It did not matter. He was finishing. He was in his bag is what they like to say. Um, But it was just a great performance by, by Tennessee. First true Roll game, first true roll game, and there were some times when, like we mentioned last week, that Colorado had some momentum. You know, they tried to cut into the double-digit lead, did that, and then Tennessee did a really good job of of answering, extending it, um, always having an answer for Colorado's little run. I mean, when when old boy dunked on us, it should have been an and one, and he dunked on us. That was the moment that Colorado had a chance to, to really straighten together some nice possessions and get the crowd back into it because the crowd was waiting on it. They was waiting on uh, reasons to get back in that game and get loud, but Tennessee did not give them opportunities. And that's that's a great test that Tennessee passed. Uh, you know, Cam Wild played some really good defense, even though he had three points, but he had a block, just a fundamentally sound, great defensive play, not jumping into the offensive player jump, that that's coaching, that is coaching right there. So, um, man, just a whew, just a just a fun game, Ben. Just a fun game, man. Just good, nice nice weekend. Um, oh, Kenny Chandler, good. <laughs> He's he is he is so good. I I mean, like I said a moment ago, that that high pick and roll with with Folky was working to perfection. Obviously, can't stop it. Kennedy Chandler was having success at the rim, putting up points, but he also made some some beautiful pocket passes to yeah. Folky, and and Folky was able to to pay it off as well. Took Folky a little bit of time to adjust <laughs> to the Buffalo there in the paint, but I, I thought I thought that was Folky's best best game of the year. <laughs> but man, if I was Folky, I would have been like, "What did I sign up for? <laughs> what did I come back for?" I came back for this. We need to tranquilize this dude. This dude is strong and aggressive. Somebody tranquilize him so he can sit down and go to sleep. And you know he's that guy that <laughs> whenever you played pickup ball, there's always that one guy that tried to do too much and was always sweating too much and you, you didn't want to defend him because he was sweating too much and just always grunting and, and doing too much. You, you know that that was that buffalo. That that Beatty guy. That that's what he is. He he's the guy that's bigger than everybody. And if you try coming to the paint, he's gonna foul you and he's gonna tell you Piston what you, style. 
what you going to do about it? You going to do anything about it? <laughs> and you say, no, because you can't do anything about <laughs> it. Because you were too big. You. He'll beat you up. So you hated playing with him. Like, man, I can't do no layups against him, man. He's going to foul you. And then he's going to threaten to beat you up if you say anything about it. Hate playing with dudes like that, man. Just a Debo. Debo on the court. But, you know, Folky was, was you know, crafty in some of his moves. But, man, that dude's strong. Yes, yes. That and Folky's always struggled with those more physical, much stronger guys throughout his career. So I, I, was, I was kind of worried about that going into the game when I realized just how big that dude was. But I thought Folky adjusted well over the course of the game. I thought he played really well in the second half. Uh, had had some nice passes, had, had an and one, if I remember correctly, and, and had some really tough baskets, had a big dunk. That, that was fun. I heard you mentioned Olivier Camwa as I was answering the phone or finished answering the phone, and I loved the the sequence of of him missing the three and then getting back on defense and coming up with a big block shot and then be, being able to pay it off on the other end with with an and one. I loved that sequence from Olivier. I I, I don't know that he's just going to be some guy that that gives you ten and eight every game or or ten and ten or whatever. It would look pretty in the in the box score, but you can tell that he's taking a jump this off season. Yes, sir. That's right. How about the Lady Vols, man? Man, still still undefeated, uh, coming back from behind against Virginia Tech. I mean, uh, you know Tennessee was was outscored there in the first quarter. Tennessee was able to 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 get the advantage uh, in the second quarter, but man, going into the fourth quarter, Tennessee was down and they went on the. Uh, nice run, wound up scoring 25 points, their most in any quarter of the game, and uh, came away with a 64-58 win, and Kelly Harper is undefeated, uh, 8-0, 11th ranked volunteers, and um, you know Jordan Walker was in her bag, man, she had such a beautiful shot, uh, she playing with great confidence, and I mean, she played 39 minutes and was Tennessee's leading scorer, uh, Lexus Die, the transfer, Man, love her play down in the post. She had seven rebounds, eight points. Uh, you know Tamara Key is going to be swatting everything uh, out of there with her presence. So, Lady Vols, man, they're doing this without without their best player. Without one of the C-Mac. best players in the country. I mean, C-Mac. Ray <laughs> Burrell, man. She's out. C-Mac was too busy hanging with Uros this weekend. I know, man. C-Mac took pictures with everybody, man. He was all he needed was a, a nice freestyle, man, and he'll be he, he he would be he'll be all all set to go, man. How about Urosh showing out for for C Mac there? He did, man. He did the offensive rebound, the big slam. Look at Urosh showing out, running the floor. I thought he was gonna get a technical, man. He was hanging on the rim a little too long, but I'm for it. I love it. Oh, Urosh! No, you should have seen. Uh, there was one time at the end of the game where Urosh was st- standing up on the bench, and you could barely see him in the TV shot, and he was, like, pointing. Oh, it was it was at the Buffalo. He was, like, clapping, like, in his face after he picked up his fourth foul and was, like, laugh- like laughing at him, mocking him, like doing doing a mock clap, a golf clap on the sideline, like, directly at the, the big Buffalo. And I was just like, oh, Urosh is going to start a brawl. At the, at some point this this season, or, or get teed up, or double teed, and, and get ejected. That that is one thousand percent happening. I guarantee you. By by the time conference play, we, we've we've got some big basketball games coming up. 
you, you, you got Memphis's sorry butt coming to Nashville, and that that's going to be an intense game. Arizona a couple of days before Christmas. You, you got Bama at the end of the month before New Year's to start SEC play. I guarantee you in one of those games, Urosh picks, picks up a Tech. Texas Tech tomorrow night in Madison Square Garden. Four big-time basketball games this month. I guarantee you Urosh picks up one Tech. Yeah, we're not, we not necessarily built for confrontation. Our team is not built full of uh, guys that – Urosh is uh, built for it. Yeah, I don't know. He's from Serbia. I don't know, man. I don't know. He's, he's got that Jokic brothers in him. I don't know. Well, I mean, if he got that in, then you know somebody's gonna get club punch from the back. Cause that's how that's how the Jokic <laughs> brothers get down. Catch you slipping, catch you when you're not looking. Come over, come over the back, come over uh, the side of your head when you're not looking. That's what that's what uh, Jokic would do. But um, man, just a fun, fun, fun weekend uh, for Tennessee fans. Again, Lady Vols, congratulations to them. Undefeated, eight zero. Uh, Tennessee men's team getting a, a nice win on the road. Uh, football team didn't have to play, just sit back and kind of watch uh, some of the other teams compete. And, um, it makes you kind of realize how serious Tennessee's football schedule really was. Pittsburgh, ACC champions, look at Ole Miss. Uh, they're going to the, to the Sugar Bowl, uh, their best season in program history. And Tennessee was right there, a chance to beat them. And, uh, the two teams that will be competing for college football playoff play, the SC championship game, and Tennessee played those guys as well. Just a lot of a lot of uh, reminders how tough Tennessee's schedule was. And Heupel and company still able to go out and, and win seven games and now have a chance to win eight against Purdue in the Music City Bowl. But we will get to that. Let's get to the phones, and then we'll take our uh, break here. Hunter. Hunter, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning, Hunter. <laughs> Do we know how long Ray Burrell is out for? No, we do not. We just know. We just know it's a, okay. a knee. Gotcha. I know. Props to Lady Balls. I know when Ray Burrell went down, I thought they was going to lose at least a couple of games at this point. So, but they're fighting. They're showing that fight. Uh, also, on the starting five with uh, the boys' team, the men's team, we all think about instead of Kumwa and Bailey starting, put in Powell and uh, Johnson. Oh James, I'm sorry, James. I mean, I think, I think, I think Josiah um, is going to be the starting lineup. I just think he wasn't because he hasn't practiced that much and um, didn't know how how he's going to to fare with you know his his injuries and and all that stuff. Um, but I think he's going to be back in the starting lineup. I I like Powell coming off the bench because he provides um, you know some energy. He pro- he provides and you know, that shooting off the bench. I don't, I don't mind him not starting as long as his minutes are more than, than Bailey's right now. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. And with Barnes, you know, it doesn't ever matter with him who starts; it's about who finishes the game. Exactly. So, all right, boys, y'all have a good day. Thank you, man. You too. You too, Hunter. Thanks for the phone call. Really, really appreciate you giving us a shout. Yeah, I just with this team now. I think Josiah needs to be in their start lineup, and I think he'll you know build his. Uh, conditioning back, but I, it don't really matter to me between between Powell and, and Bailey who starts. I just think that Powell right now is playing better. He can shoot. He can shoot it a um, lot, lot better. He's shooting with confidence. So that's that's how I feel today. That might change next week depending on how those guys play. Yep, yep. As long you you hit the nail on the head for me in terms of Justin Powell. 
As long as he is getting minutes, more minutes than Victor Bailey Jr., I'm good. Yeah, that's 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 how I'm looking at it. And he he started to get more minutes, didn't necessarily take advantage of those minutes in, until late in the game. He had two two big threes, or was it one big three? I can't remember off the top of my head. He had, he had a big three late in the game. He, he had one three. He was one of six on the day, one of eight. And and the three that he did hit was significant uh, yep. there there in the second half. But I didn't think that he was having his best game kind of until that shot. So I was glad to see him get more minutes than than Victor Bailey Jr. Uh, Powell finished with 28. Victor finished with 14. I thought that Powell was finally getting his chance, and he did. He doubled doubled up Bailey in minutes, but he didn't necessarily uh, take advantage kind of of those minutes. But I I, I, I don't think that's going to be the, the usual <laughs> game for Justin Powell. If, you, hey, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're spreading the floor um, because your ability to shoot and you're taking open shots, that's what you're out there for. And if you miss them and you can't get it going, then that's Rick Barnes' responsibility to take you out. But if you're playing defense and, and you're doing all the other things that doesn't show in the stat sheet and, you know, the coach staff is happy about it, I mean, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Sometimes your play just, you know, your impact on the game doesn't show up necessarily on the stat sheet. So um, Tennessee has so many different options. Um, I think that power three was when, when Colorado was trying to answer and had, had a little run and then Powell uh, answer. I think that's what it was. I watched the game it twice, was. but I was, I was, I was out and about the first time I watched it. I came home and, and watched the second half again. So uh, that man, that game was that game was just fun. Man. I don't know if you uh, mentioned this while I was answering the phone earlier, but the biggest okay. three of of the game was Josiah's three. Oh yes, when Colorado had cut it to five, mm. and Rick Barnes called a timeout and came out of the timeout and bang buckets. Josiah yep. Jordan James from three didn't even hit the rim, man. Shooting with confidence, stepped right into it. He let it. He let it fly. And, yep, and Colorado didn't get back within within five. I mean, the most that they would that pushed it to eight, and then Tennessee went on a run to push it back to double digits. And as close as Colorado would get to finish the game was nine points. So I thought that three was was really a turning point. And Tennessee did a really good job throughout that second half of weathering the storm and, and weathering the Colorado runs of of when Colorado Colorado would put together four. 4-0 run, 6-0 run, 5-0 run, they, they would answer with a tough basket. Kennedy Chandler, that Josiah Jordan James three, Justin Powell, I think his three was, was after Colorado had cut it to nine. Uh, so good good job by Tennessee to not not fold in, in the first true road game of the season. Very impressive. The thing I think Rick Barnes will, will want to see a better job of us doing, that is get to getting to the free throw line. And making them. Yes. Uh, only 56% from the free throw line. Only shot nine. Only made five. And um, that has to improve. That has to improve 100%. Only had 11 turnovers, but free throw line has to improve. Uh, so, Ben, let's do it, man. Let's take that break. And 865-255-03 live here at Beatty Chevrolet. Over 150 vehicles in stock to choose from. Uh, Beatty Chevrolet will trade for anything, and they will just flat out buy your vehicle as well. Uh, we all good to go, Ben? Hit a break? Yeah, we'll just hit a break. All right. Uh, 865-255-03. Stay with us. Be right back.
If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, live at Beatty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive, Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Never pay over at MSRP for new vehicles here at Beatty Chevrolet, their website, BeattyChevrolet.com. Go and see their inventory. Great time to buy your vehicle for Christmas. While you're doing that, go over there, Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union. And then get the best rate around. Tell them Swain sent you. They'll take care of you over there. 
uh, in Alcoa. Ben, um, you mentioned Kennedy Chandler. Most field goals in the game in a very, very long time. During the broadcast, they mentioned uh, that he had surpassed Admiral Schofield, who just was in a zone um, a couple of years ago versus Gonzaga. And Kenny Chandler looked like he was in a zone a- as well. So just, a- just enjoy. Enjoy Kenny Chandler while we have him. And understand that guys like him, they don't, they don't show up a lot. I mean, Rick Barnes has been here for a while, and this is the first time we've experienced a, a player like Kenyon Chandler. He is special. Don't miss a basketball game. Go to every basketball game if you can. Just embrace how great Kenyon Chandler is and uh, how great he's going to be, and just watch him grow because he has grown from the Villanova game to the Colorado game. That was like the real first test away from home against an opponent that you didn't have to pay to play. <laughs> and Chandler kind of, you know, he had a he had a freshman game. But the bounce back, oh, man, the bounce back. Just a couple days ago that happened. Well, even after, the, even after the Tennessee Tech game, he responded. Tennessee obviously beat Tennessee Tech and beat them by double digits, but it wasn't the prettiest game. Tech was leading at halftime, <laughs> and part of it was Kennedy Chandler struggling, and after the game, Rick Barnes called him out for not having a good practice the, the day before, and Kennedy admitted and and was right on board with Rick's comments after the game that, that he didn't have a good practice. He didn't prepare well, and he kind of mm-hmm. – Saw Tennessee Tech on the schedule and thought, "Oh, this this is fine." I mean, he he tried to do what he did in high school, and that's let his just natural athleticism, natural ability take over and and allow him to play well. And you can't do that at this level against anybody, or else you will be embarrassed. and And it, it was an embarrassing performance against Tennessee Tech. Quite frankly, Tennessee shouldn't be trailing. To, to Tennessee Tech at halftime. And what I love most about Kennedy Swain is is how he's responded since that moment. His defense has gotten better. His preparation has gotten better. Twice he's met with the media and, and talked about how important his preparation is. And you can just really tell that he has taken coaching. And... I think that's the biggest difference between maybe he and a five-star freshman from a year ago. Uh, And and I'm not referencing the five-star freshman that is from Tennessee, the one that is from North Carolina uh, and and playing for the the Sixers. I I think this one does a a better job of of taking some coaching. And you can see it because Kennedy has been awesome since that Tennessee Tech game. I know it's only two games, and, and one of them was against the Blue Hose of Presbyterian, but it, it's just super, su- super, super impressive. I know I continue to say that, but that that's really what it is because you don't see the maturity of 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 somebody so young this often. I mean, he, he has showed an immense amount of maturity and, and really tried to improve since that Tennessee Tech game, and he has, and, and that'll bode well for him during this, this tough December stretch and in the conference play. I love it when we dip down in Alabama to go get a player 
Um, Tennessee was able to, to do that over the weekend. Jordan Thomas, DB from Montgomery, Alabama, the Gump, decommitted from uh, Mississippi State and committed to Tennessee uh, over the weekend on uh, Saturday. And now that pushes Tennessee's total commitments to 16 as we approaching early signing period. Ben, there was a lot of players uh, on campus. There's a lot of players mentioned um, that's in the mix for for Tennessee. And this is where it gets this is where it gets fun because you have this new transfer portal that you've played one season under your belt. You can show some of these guys what you were able to do with the players that you brought in. Uh, obviously, the program is going in the right direction. You have high school players that 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 see that something is 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 changing and going in the right direction. And they want to be a part of something special. Uh, you hear that in some of these players' quotes that have committed. Um, but then you also have players in the transfer portal that maybe have just one year left or two or three, and they want to finish their career in the SEC and finish their career with a program that is on an upward, upward trajectory, uh, trajectory. Do you want to um, rely too much on the transfer portal? Or do you want to uh, get four-year players from high school? So the strategy from Tennessee's coaching staff is going to be fun um, to watch, interesting to watch and pay attention to. But, Ben, I know you got all the nuggets. All the nuggets, man. You got like a little platter over there. You got a nugget <laughs> tray over there, man. So, man, give us, give us what you got. Uh, starting with Jordan Thomas, who committed to Tennessee. He's the most important one. That's right, because he he was the commitment over the weekend that, that you referenced, committed to Tennessee on Saturday evening during his official visit to Tennessee this weekend. Unfortunately, he will not be an early enrollee. His school, Montgomery Catholic Preparatory in Montgomery, Alabama, does not, uh, does not allow – uh, students to graduate early so uh, he will enroll in May which kind of stinks because I, I think that there should be an open competition at safety this off season, and it, it sure would be nice to, to get him in here and and, and maybe allow himself to be uh, a, a freshman that that plays early but that probably won't be the case since he can't enroll early but who knows maybe he can ma- make waves in fall camp Ben, what's the name of this high school again? Montgomery Catholic Preparatory. You can't be a Catholic preparatory <laughs> and not allow your students to achieve academic greatness and and graduate early. You gotta you gotta change that. You gotta allow kids to be be great if they want to be great. You're not even allowing them to do it. No. Like allow these kids to spread their wings if they if they want to put in that extra work to go you know go to college early. Allow them to do that. I mean I don't know why you. Why would you ground a young man if he chooses to put the extra work in to enroll in college early? They gotta, they gotta do something about that, man. That, that's not, that's not a good look on Montgomery Catholic Preparatory. You gotta change that. <laughs> they, they do. Uh, he, he's gonna play safety for Tennessee. That's what Tennessee's been recruiting him as, as primarily a safety. But they also think that they can line him up anywhere in the set in the secondary and that's that's been the theme with Willie Martinez and Tim Banks throughout this recruiting cycle and it's the day and age of college football that we're in you need versatile players in the secondary so he is versatile but he'll primarily play at safety 
sounds like he projects as a boundary safety. Uh, but, again, he, he does have a lot of versatility. The, the thing about his game is that he is very physical. And his high school coach pointed out to us at VolQuest that he's, he's willing to do anything. And stealing the Jawan Mitchell phrase that I've said here on the show before, he loves sticking his head in the fan. He will run down on kickoff. He will run down on, on punts and, and just absolutely knock the daylights out of somebody. He'll go block a field goal. He'll, he'll stick his head in the run game. Uh, he can he can line up and press you if he needs to in the slot. So just a, a lot of versatility in his game. Here's what Kirk Johnson, the head coach there at Montgomery Catholic, uh, told us at VolQuest about Jordan Thomas. Uh, he's an exceptional young man. He's a good kid, does all the things right, and is where he is supposed to be. He keeps his grades up and knows how to be respectful on your campus as far as football, he is a physical young man. He's just now starting to scratch the surface on how good he can be. He's a quarterback turned DB, and it's worked out in his benefit. Being a former quarterback, it shows he has the mental capacity to hold a lot of stuff. We run a scheme-based defense that requires a lot of checks. A lot of those checks come from the safety. He has done a done a good job of growing and maturing in that role over the years. I think the weight room and meal plan will treat his body real good when he gets there. That's Kirk Johnson, the Montgomery Catholic head coach, which, as you would expect, has great things to say about Jordan Thomas, who is a former Mississippi State commit. He committed to Mississippi State on April 12th, decommitted November 30th. And I'll I'll put a bow on Jordan Thomas with this, Wayne. I spoke to him in October. I, I believe he was up here for the South Carolina game. He, it was, uh, he was up here for the South Carolina game for an unofficial, and I spoke to him after the game, and he raved about culture. Culture was the most important aspect of his recruitment. It was going to be the deciding factor, and culture is so important because culture is so big at his high school. Mm. And that when I had spoken to him mid-October, his defense in high school had not allowed a touchdown on the season. And uh, that culture, that same culture that he has at his high school is the same culture that he wanted at the next level. He said, culture is very important to me. My high school has a great culture, and we've had a lot of success because of it. So I want a great culture in college, too. It's going to be the most important part in my decision. I feel like there's great people and coaches at Tennessee and that I'll be good if I go there. He also told me that um, I feel like they, they've got great coaches, and Coach Heupel is energetic and loves the game. Same with Coach Martinez and Coach Banks. They're going to love up on me and coach me hard and get me to my goals of where I want to go. So I really like this pickup, Swain. I, I know we, we feel positive about most pickups, but this this is another one over the last couple of weeks that won't necessarily meet meet the, the needs of the Stargazers, uh, Christian Harrison, Joshua Josephs, now Jordan Thomas. But there's a lot to like about Jordan Thomas, whether it be his physical nature or, or whether it be his versatility. And I, I think what I just talked about and, and how important culture is to him, I think it's clear that he's going to be a leader at some point on Tennessee's defense. Yeah, I'm sure with the Stars, you know, some guys get bumps. That's usually how it goes. 
So, listen, if this if he's a good player, if, if Coach Martinez likes him, I think Coach Martinez has, has earned the reputation um, to be a really good recruiter, and, and we know he can develop. So, uh, I honestly stopped looking at Stars. Uh, I did too. The, this is probably the, the least amount I've paid attention to Stars since since being in, in this business. So, um, we'll, we'll see – how these guys come in, how they develop, how they play. We we don't know. We don't know if there's a good pickup or or if it's not a good pickup until they actually start doing something. So mm-hmm. um, what we can say is that this coach staff, they're addressing needs. Yes. Um, there's a, there's definitely need uh, at, at safety in the secondary. And if they have players that fit their profile, then they're going with them. And I think that's very, very important. I think at some point in this conference – you got to take some guys who are really, really talented that may not fit your profile like a puzzle. They may be close to fitting it, but you can't get picky and choosy sometimes. Uh, you got to be able to adapt, have have a staff in place uh, full of real assistant coaches, guys who are down to earth, and guys that can identify and, and kick a conversation with really anybody from any type of walk of life. You got to be versatile there and have a coach with personality. Um, and it can be a chameleon. I, I, I think – uh, Montario Harsty um, is one of those guys that can do that. He can go in any room, any part of the country, and he can adapt and kick a conversation with really anybody. I don't know how great he can recruit. I just know how he is because uh, I'm his friend, and I, I know how he's been able to carry himself. Uh, I've never seen him recruit. I just know that he can talk to anybody. You need coaches on your staff like that. Mm-hmm. And the more that you have on like that, you can go to Memphis, you can go to Miami, you can go to Minnesota, you can go out to California and, and pull a Brian Kelly and change your accent if you need to. Say, hey, man, that game was gnarly. We want you to come out to Tennessee. You know, if you want to go up to New York and talk like you're from Jersey Shore, then you can do that too. But you got to be able I – man, you got to be able to adapt. And um, that's, that's, that's super, super important for assistant coaches who are on the road. All right, man, let's go over to uh, Desmond Williams and stick in the secondary. He is a, the Juco – um, player from Mississippi, not you know really rated much of all at all. Uh, doesn't have a ranking, doesn't have anything. Uh, he must be one of those guys that that kind of flew under the radar. But he was he was here, um, Ben, and you got a chance to, to chit chat with him, you and Kane. So it was his official visit. How did that go? Yeah, we ambushed Desmond Williams at the airport yesterday morning. And I think Tennessee's in a really good spot there. Uh, he he has been really impressed with Willie Martinez throughout this process, and uh, is is really excited about the the opportunity for early playing time at Tennessee. If he were to pick Tennessee, he it's pretty much down to Tennessee and Mississippi State at this point. He'll he'll take a visit to Mississippi State this weekend. At least that was the, the plan going into this weekend. But but maybe his visit to Tennessee persuaded him to, to no longer take that visit. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But he, he's a big fan of, of Coach Heupel. Coach Martinez uh, said that Coach Martinez told me a lot of good things and and the chances I have of starting and, and being on the field early if I come in and compete. And, you know, he's – He's originally from Georgia. He's in JUCO right now. But he, he said that the distance to home didn't really matter to him just because he's willing to work as hard as he can and, and make his people back home happy wherever 
he goes. He just wants to work hard and, and be the best uh, person that he can be. But he was really impressed with, with Knoxville itself and talked about it being a great spot. And of course he is. He's been in Mississippi for the last couple months. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, any any city outside the state of Mississippi would, would look good at this point. No offense to our listeners in Mississippi this morning. Uh, but he, he, he was he was really impressed with it. The, the players uh, – showing him around and and he said it's a pretty good place and and he was really excited about getting to see Knoxville so I think Tennessee's in a really really good spot with Desmond Williams the the Juco corner out of Mississippi what about receiver don't lose Valus Jones you're going to lose Javante Payton Uh, I think it is okay to expect Cedric Tillman to be back Uh, Caleb Webb um, likes the comparison to Cedric Tillman, certainly likes the production that Cedric Tillman has been able to have this season because he wants to have the same production if he does pick Tennessee. But he is the 6'4", 195-pound receiver from Keetron High School there in Powder Springs, a.k.a. Atlanta. Um, he was on campus as well. And um, Ben? He said Tennessee is a special place, man. Special place. Because it is. And because Tennessee is surging in his recruitment. He decommitted from East Carolina yesterday morning as he was departing Tennessee from his official visit with Tennessee. And I spoke about this last week on air. Don't be thrown off by him being committed to ECU. He's been committed to ECU since June 27th. He... In my opinion, I I don't know this to be fact, but just from the outside looking in, uh, talking to him multiple times throughout this season, uh, he's a a really good kid. He's been truly one of my favorite kids to talk to throughout this process just because he's he's genuine. Again, he's a good kid. You you can tell he is. He's very respectful. That's the word that I would use to describe Caleb Webb in, in my interactions. Very respectful. Uh, to to everybody he talks about and and to me as well. And I I think he was just holding off on decommitting from ECU as his recruitment blew up because he he really did like the coaches at ECU and and truly had good relationships with those coaches. And and so he just was was kind of being courteous to to them, I guess you could say. Um, But he's he's been – talking to Tennessee, Michigan, Louisville, Kentucky. So is his recruitment hasn't blown up maybe like a squirrel white who has added interest from a Georgia, but I mean he's he's had Michigan talking to him and Michigan's the number 2 team in the country, Big 10 champs just beat Ohio State and in the college football playoff, Kentucky is in a bad school to go to right now. Uh, Louisville, uh, a Power 5 school as well. So don't get thrown off by the ECU commitment. I, I really like his game. I talked about it on Friday. I, I, he had a, a heck of a season uh, in, in the highest um, division of football in the, in the state of Georgia this year in the Atlanta area. Uh, I really like Caleb Webb. I think Caleb Webb really likes Tennessee. He was here for the South Carolina game. He was here for the Ole Miss game and, and has always spoke highly of Josh Heupel, 
Cody Burns. I think Tennessee's in a in a really good spot there as well, which if he were to jump in the boat, that would give Tennessee four receiver commitments in this class. Cam Miller, Squirrel White, Chaz Nimrod from Arkansas, and Caleb Webb. And if those are the four receivers you're bringing in, I think that's a really good, really good re- recruiting class at that position for Tennessee. Cam Miller, very good underrated because he did not have a junior season of high school football because of COVID in the Memphis area. Squirrel White, Alabama, and Georgia really like him. He'll far outplay his ranking of a three-star. I'm, I'm not as familiar with Chaz Nim, Nimrod's game, um, but I know the coaches really like him. And then I just raved about Caleb Webb. I think he'll outplay his ranking as well. That's a really good wide receiver haul if, if Tennessee can finish it off with a Caleb Webb. 865 255 503. I, I forgot what I was going to say, man. I had a good point. I forgot it. Receivers? Receiver Hall? Um, I mean, I don't I'm, I, I think it's okay. Caleb Webb, right ECU, or? Um, well, I just think the Receiver Hall is it's okay right now. I mean, um, you, you need those you need those 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 numbers. You got to improve um, the, the depth inside the wide receiver room. I like the variety of tools. You know, you want different guys, different sizes to do different things. You need a little point guard. Squirrel wide is certainly that. And uh, man, I just I just hope we're able to keep up with him. That that route he ran in the playoffs for Clay, that that ain't three star route running guys. That's that's five star route running. You no, don't run routes like you don't learn how to run routes like that until you get to college. No, Squirrel went to an Alabama camp over the summer and outplayed, outperformed five stars, five star receivers at that camp and had thoroughly impressed Alabama's coaches and Nick Saban at that camp. But Alabama had already taken a slot receiver in this class. So that that's why they they did not take squirrel. But if if that slot receiver that had committed to Alabama decided to decommit at any point, Squirrel was probably next in line for Alabama to go after. Uh, Squirrel, Squirrel White is going to be legit, and hopefully Tennessee can hold off this surge from, from Georgia. Yeah, he's the most underrated player on this list. Yes. On our, on our, in our recruiting class, he is the most underrated. Yes. He does not run routes like a three-star. I'm going to tell you that right now. The boy runs routes better than some five-star receivers. Um, they come in as freshmen. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, man, if we're able to keep him, that will be that will be huge uh, for Tennessee. He's small, but, man, elite, elite route-running abilities, and he'll be creating separations, separations, but separation for about four years. Um at his next school, whatever school that's going to be, hopefully it's from Tennessee. Tennessee's able to keep keep him, man. He's a stud. 865-255-03. Check out the text box, man. You care if I uh, throw you a couple other things real quick? Please, please, please do, man. Please do. Uh, C.J. Smith was another receiver on campus. He is the Florida commit. Uh, he, he really liked Tennessee. I just have a hard time believing he's going to flip to – Flip from Florida, so I, I wouldn't get my hopes up about C.J. Smith, although Tennessee did impress him. He's just from the Orlando area, and 
and I, I think he's going to stick with his commitment to Florida, quite frankly. Uh, the other two intriguing ones to me, Swain, are at another position of need for Tennessee, and that's up front on defense. And Tennessee had one of the best JUCO players in the country in this weekend in Jeffrey Mba, who is Mba. Mba. <laughs> originally uh, from, from the Congo. And his mother, who lives in France, I believe, was – was with him this weekend on his visit, and he he was very high on Tennessee exiting the visit as well. He he really hit it off with Rodney Garner, uh, and and really liked the plan that Rodney Garner laid out for him to come in and compete and and play. And he told me just flat out that I think I need to be in the SEC if I want to get to the NFL. Then I feel like I I need to to be in the SEC to, to reach that goal. And, and that is a significant quote, in my opinion, because it, it feels like maybe a Tennessee-Oregon battle. And Oregon, not in the SEC, last time I checked. Not, have a, not, not about to have a coach either. Yes, I was, I was about to say that as, as well. So he's at Missouri today. He, uh, he's already been on an official visit to Auburn did so the weekend of the Iron Bowl, was at Tennessee this weekend, and then he is doing two official visits during the week this week before he heads back home overseas, uh, I believe France, and and that's where he will make his decision. And he'll, he'll be at Missouri, I think, today and tomorrow, and then he'll be at Oregon later this week. So he, he put out his his top five or final five on Friday going into the visit. And it was Tennessee, Miami, Oregon, Missouri, and Auburn. And and I, I think it may, may be a Tennessee-Oregon battle for him. And he is an instant impact type of guy. He is a huge, huge human being, and, and he would be a heck of a pickup for Tennessee and I think would play right away. The other intriguing one, Swain, is Darren Agu from Georgia, who is committed to Vandy, but he's more of a Clark Lee guy than a Vandy guy, was committed to, to Notre Dame at one point when Clark Lee was, was still at Notre Dame, uh, followed him to Vandy, and he is from Raybun Gap Nakuchi High School, wherever that is, Raybun Cap, Georgia. I'm, I'm sure I mispronounced that, so my bad to the, to the Georgia folks out there. But he had a – say that again. I said, let me let me let me see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. See see what yeah. I'm talking okay. about. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he had a, a big time senior season uh in, in the state of Georgia this year and, and Tennessee really picked up its interest uh on him. Tennessee didn't really know what to make of him kind of going into his senior year, but had a, a really good senior year and, and Rodney Garner has really picked up the efforts to, to recruit him down the stretch. Uh, had seventy two tackles, twenty four tackles for a loss. 14 sacks during his senior season. Again, a really productive senior season. Uh, Tennessee wants him to play defensive end around the 250-260 range and and be a, an edge presence. And, and Tennessee needs more edge presence in this class. And he's a big athletic kid who can potentially do that. So he's going to make a final decision on the 15th, which is the first day of the early signing period. He's taking an official to Vanderbilt this weekend. And so Vanderbilt does get the last visit there. And I'm sure the Vandy commit will, will scare people off, but, but this is a, a really athletic kid 
uh, who, who will be a nice pickup for Vandy or Tennessee, whichever one he decides to go with. What I like about this class, Wayne, is – is I guess I'm cool. Say that again. I said Tennessee wants him. I guess I'm cool. I'm still trying. I'm trying to. I'm I trying know. To, I'm trying to look just, at this just, just, logo. Just keep thinking that he was committed to Notre Dame at one point. I know. I know. I know. He's a Clark Lee. He's more of a Clark Lee kid than a Vandy kid. I get it. I get it. I understand that. Rodney Garter likes him. That listen. I, I I'm sitting here looking at this logo. That's that's what. Uh, I, I, I I I need to click off of. It. I get it. And look, Tennessee needs need, needs edge help. He he's big. He's athletic. He had a heck of a season in the state of Georgia, which will always stand out to me. I, I don't know where Ray Bun Gap is, but I, I don't care whether it's South Georgia, Atlanta area. Georgia high school football is is filled with with really good football players. So I, I don't really even really care where it's located. I I know he's from the state of Georgia and balled out, and that says something. Relationships must really mean a lot for him if he decided to commit to yeah. Vanderbilt. <laughs> Correct, because, because of Clark Lee. I mean, yes. relationships are. Are very very important. That's that's what I see. Yes, well, according to T Diddy, fifty three one seven eight uh, Raybun Gap, if I'm saying that correctly, is on the Georgia North Carolina line, Northeast Georgia. VFL uh, Sean Bryson coached there. Jake from Nashville says Candy commit doesn't scare me as bad now that Barton Simmons is scouting for them, and Clark Lee is pretty damn good at seeing defensive talent so you got some some positive comments there i understand all that i'm just looking at the logo i know i i know i know but it seems like tennessee really gave him something to to think about this weekend and i I think it would be a a really nice pickup especially if you can pair him with joshua josephs and then go out and, and get a james pierce if james pierce can can qualify academically maybe you bring in the juco d lineman from independence that we just talked about jeffrey mba all of a sudden, this, this class is, is looking really different. Now it's going to come, come down to Tennessee developing these guys. I love that the staff has identified guys that they like, and, and they may be three stars, but they like them. They see something in them. Now can they go out and develop them and turn, turn them into productive college football players? All right, we got to take a break, man. Let's, let's, uh, let's do that. Swain event fuel by Dead End Barbecue Live at Betty Chevrolet. Be right back. <laughs> 